Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast. I have Mira and Jason Carlton. Uh, they're authors. Uh, they're also fellows of the American Association of Integrative Medicine, and we're going to talk about uh, bone health. They're the world's leading experts on the topics of not only weight management, lifestyle medicine, uh, but especially micronutrient deficiency. So, guys, thanks for coming. Oh, thanks for having thanks us. Thanks for having us, Richard. Yeah. So why the interest in uh, micronutrient deficiency? That seems like a, an interesting <laughs> area to specialize in. Yeah, it's not exactly the sexiest topic, right? No, we um, we got into it because when I was 30, I was a publicist living in Manhattan and I was diagnosed with advanced osteoporosis, which means that at the age of 30, I had bones equal to an 80-year-old. And the doc, oh. what was even more horrible is that the doctors basically told me that was it for life. Like, there's no getting better. There's no curing osteoporosis. The only reason you got it is because someone in your family has it, which is not true in any way, shape or form. I have three sisters and a mother and none of them had it. And they did basically said, that's it. You have to sell your company and um, move out of New York City and someone else is going to have to take care of you. And um, I did. I had to sell my company and leave New York. And I was trying to find an answer for what it caused this. And the only thing the doctor told me was, you know, you should take some calcium. And calcium is a mineral. And so I started doing research on these minerals. And what I found out was, oh my God, there's other minerals that I don't know anything about. And why didn't anyone tell me about these other minerals? And then it stuck into vitamins and everything else. And luckily I was able to find a doctor to work with who was interested also in trying to find out more about micronutrients. And we worked together for two years and my body completely healed itself. I have no longer have osteoporosis. It was healed after two years of working with Jason. And um, as a bonus, I married him. How did you know you had a problem? Did you, were you breaking bones or like what happened? So I just started getting really achy. And this is one thing I want people to understand is when, when your body starts feeling like it's breaking down, it's not that you just did too many gym classes because that goes away. It's not that you just, you know, you wore high heels for too many hours. That pain goes away. It's the kind of pain that's a nagging thing where somewhere in your head, you're thinking to yourself, something's really wrong here. And you ignore that voice in your head. Don't ignore that voice in your head. It's trying to tell you. And I literally was by the end of when I finally went to see the doctor, I was already living on my sofa with my laptop on my um, lap, lying down, doing all of my work. I couldn't go out anymore. My back just throbbed all down my hips and legs. So I knew something was wrong when I went to see the doctor. How do you think the, this happened to you? Like, like, did you get a, a bone scan or like, a, you know, how did you figure out that this was the problem? How was it diagnosed? Yeah. So, you know, we did a million tests. One of them happened to be a DEXA scan, which is the scan that they use to test bone density. Normally is not given to anyone under the age of like 50. So the doctor was like, I'm just being foolish here, but let's just check this. And when he got the results, he literally was more surprised than I was. 
I mean, we both were equally surprised, I guess, but he was just, he, he had no idea, had never seen it anyone my age. I now know that it was a combination of my diet, my lifestyle, and this micronutrient deficiency that was growing in my body, becoming more and more deficient that had caused it. And now after writing Rebuild Your Bones, I mean, which is really a passion project for us, because our goal was to help a million people to stop, reverse, and prevent osteoporosis. And I tell them directly in the book, we give you 40 healing habits, the things that I wish someone had told me, things that had I known I was doing in my late 20s, I would have stopped. But I just didn't know that they were going to affect my bones. What were you eating, like Dunkin' Donuts every day? or like <laughs> How could it be that you got osteoporosis so young? Isn't that crazy? No, I had the picture-perfect healthy diet. According to a lot of people, I woke up in the morning, had black coffee, no sugar in my coffee, no cream in my coffee. And then I went down and got a sugar-free, fat-free muffin because Starbucks was in the building with me. And I had that every day. And for lunch, I had a salad with grilled chicken, uh, fat-free salad dressing, and for a spinach salad, which I thought, you know, it's adding in all these nutrients. And then for dinner, I got steamed chicken and Chinese vegetables um, from the Chinese restaurant. Doesn't sound so horrible, right? <laughs> so, so I guess what, it was just the quality of the food you were getting from all these places was just low quality or like, how could, no. uh, this, that's odd. <laughs> I know. So if you think about it, I can break it down real quick. So a fat-free, sugar-free muffin is basically just a whole bunch of wheat. And wheat contains a whole bunch of anti-nutrients that strip your bones, things like oxalic acid and phytic acid. And they basically rob your body of micronutrients while giving you no micronutrients. They don't actually offer your body any to, you know, to help you thrive. Spinach salad. Spinach contains oxalic acid. Literally, not only does it pull calcium from your bones, if you eat it daily, imagine the damage you're doing to yourself. A fat-free dressing, all the nutrients, your fat-soluble nutrients need fat in order to be absorbed properly. So the whole idea of eating a fat-free dressing is kind of like wasting so many of the great nutrients that are on your salad. Just every little thing. I mean, I took hip hop class every day. And what are you sweating out? You're sweating out electrolytes, right? And that's the green Gatorade image in your head. And those electrolytes are vitamins and minerals that your body needs in order to build bone every day. So it, you know, stress, lack of sleep, um, the EMF given off by your cell phone. There's one thing upon another upon another, and it was just a horrible, you know, a perfect storm that that caused that osteoporosis. So you got this diagnosis, and what did you do then? I mean, you probably were in, were in despair. I, I sat in my living room and cried and didn't tell anyone for a really long time. <laughs> you know, it's embarrassing. You when you get sick, you think I don't want anyone to know. What did I do? You know. It just, it's, it's an embarrassing situation, although it shouldn't be. So I ended up selling my company. I moved to Florida to live with my sister, which I'm an A-type personality and having to be dependent on someone's not very much fun. And um, then I started to do the research. You know, I one thing about being sick is you have a lot of time to look at bad research on the internet. <laughs> and it just sent me down this, you know, wild goose chase after wild goose chase. And I knew I needed more help. And luckily someone said, you know, there's this guy, he has a PhD in human nutrition. He is really interested in these odd and cases. And I bet if you go sit and talk to him, he'll pay attention. Because I had been to every single, I mean, the doctors in New York sent me to every single type of specialist in Manhattan. I mean, I went to see every single person I could kind of glam, glam onto to try to get some help. 
And basically, did you, they did said, you see any like non-allopathic people, like uh, functional medicine people, or just traditional? No, when I was in New York, you have to remember this was a good twenty years ago. So there really wasn't that many that wasn't really uh, as spoken about or as offered as it is these days. It wasn't, you know, the awareness wasn't quite there yet. But, you know, luckily I was able to find Jason and we started working together and I had done a lot of, you know, research on micronutrients and he had been doing for a lot longer than I had. And so we were able to work together to kind of figure out this puzzle of micronutrient sufficiency. So during the time you were living with your sister... Were you eating the same stuff or had you changed? And, you know, during your research, did you start changing what you're eating before you met Jason or no? Yeah. So I started doing, you know, small things. So like, for example, I went to bed at a decent hour, you know, being in Manhattan doesn't lend itself to that very well, especially being a publicist who has to go out at night. I'm from New York and you go out to get food at like 11 o'clock at night, you know, and you have to really (laughs) late every day. Exactly. So like I had a whole different schedule, you know, I wasn't walking around anywhere. So like I wasn't doing any hip hop classes. I wasn't sweating. I wasn't doing a lot of cardio. I wasn't stressed out anymore. I mean, stress is a huge, huge impact on bone health. And so that alone would probably, you know, just took a heap of weight off my shoulders. Uh, Just having my sister to talk to about it, in fact, was was very helpful in terms of the stress reduction. Um, In terms of eating, I hadn't yet figured out that food really mattered yet, which just because doctors leave all that context, you know, basically it's what you put in your mouth, but they mean supplements and they mean, you know, you know, pills that they can give you. And I had read the the back of the pills for the bone health medications. And they all said not suitable for anyone of childbearing age. And I was like, well, that's not cool. I'm only, you know, just turned 30. And they all said like, you know, long-term health conditions unknown. They were black box warnings. And I was just like, I just don't think that this shit's for me. You know, I, you know, I think I just, I need to, I need to try a more natural approach. Yeah, no, that's crazy. Before we continue, I've been personally funding the Finding Genius podcast for four and a half years now, which has led to 2,700 plus interviews of clinicians, researchers, scientists, CEOs, and other amazing people who are working to advance science and improve our lives and our world. Even though this podcast gets 100,000 plus downloads a month, we need your help to reach hundreds of thousands more worldwide. Please visit findinggeniuspodcast.com and click on support us. We have three levels of membership from 10 to $49 a month, including perks such as the ability to see ahead in our interview calendar and ask questions of upcoming guests, transcripts of podcasts you're interested in, the ability to request specific topics or guests, and more. Visit findinggeniuspodcast.com and click support us today. Now back to the show. Like how much better did you feel when you were in Florida? Were you just, was it just minorly better and you still didn't discover what you needed to help yourself? Well, I started to feel a little bit better, but I wasn't getting, I mean, I knew that my bones could not have been, you know, I'm sure I had done some improvement because I was feeling much better, you know, just in terms of having more energy and feeling a little bit more alive and not as depressed. Uh, But I knew that there was so much more that I was reading about that I just couldn't understand because I had no medical background, no science background. And I just didn't know how to read and how to grasp the studies and how to put them all together to have them make sense. So I guess that's what Jason was, you know, really pretty key in in bringing about for me. Yeah. What happened when you met Jason? What was that first experience like? And what did he tell you? Well, you know, when I first met Mira, she basically came to me and, you know, with a, a folder full of the research that she had done. 
And she said, hey, look, I've got all this research. This is what my doctor told me. And they can't figure it out. They can't tell me why I have this condition. You know, would you help me? And that, you know, micronutrients was not my field of specialty um, at that time. I, I was an early researcher in the ketogenic diet. I had been an early pioneer in that diet. And I even worked with Dr. Atkins on that uh, program. I had retired yeah. already by the time that I met Mira. And so... I had, you know, I had kind of done what I wanted to do in that particular field. I, it's still a field of interest for me, but it was something that, you know, I had, I had, I had done. And I had, before I had finished working in that field, I had just started to do some research. I had read a medical study out of Canada uh, talking about how certain micronutrients were, you know, these, these elite athletes, they were saying, you know, if there's ways that we can improve their performance, because did you know that these minerals were competitive in the supplement world? You know, nobody really talks about this. You know, the, the major manufacturers know about what's called micronutrient antagonism or competitions, but to the lay person or the person buying the supplements, or even to people who are very well versed in supplementation, almost nobody is talking about this. And it really was kind of shocking to me. And then when Mira came to me with osteoporosis, you know, obviously osteoporosis is at least in part a deficiency in calcium and magnesium and K and D and quite a few of these different micronutrients. And some of these like calcium and magnesium were kind of flagged in this report about, you know, that they shouldn't be taken together. They share a similar receptor site. And when one or both, you know, both are taken together, you know, usually one of them loses out. And so I thought, well, you know, if we're going to do anything here, let's start with the micronutrients. Let's look at, you know, how deficient or sufficient you are in each one. And let's at least start by separating the known natural competitors and see if we can get your body to absorb these micronutrients. And that really became the basis of what we now call our micronutrient therapy is really our field of study. Uh, we've taken this all the way to understanding every single micronutrient competition that can take place between, you know, the, you know, the Formulation. 40 different micronutrients in a typical multivitamin. And then we've even gone as far as patenting our formulation. And we're the only, and the first and only vitamin granted a U.S. patent on a multivitamin for formulation. Yeah. What, what is this competition? Like what, uh, what competes? What are some of the, the pairings? And, and well, what do you both- do about it? Yeah, well, where bone health is involved is really amazing because if you look at any bone supplement, I'm just going to use bone supplements because we know a lot about them, you know, for, from our latest book, Rebuild Your Bones. But like a bone supplement always has calcium, magnesium, vitamin D, vitamin K, and sometimes they have things like boron and a few other things. Well, what's interesting here is that calcium, magnesium, two most important bone building minerals, compete with each other. That means if you take in one, you're not going to get the other or not to the fullest extent that you should. So it makes perfect sense to say, you know, it's just like two kids screaming each other. They're in the car and they're, you know, they're both screaming each other and they're not going to stop even if you tell them to stop hitting each other. If you take one out of the car and one and separate the two, now you don't have screaming children anymore. It's the same with micronutrients, the calcium, magnesium, screaming and yelling at each other. But if you just separate them and take them at different times and at the correct times and the correct dosages, then you can absorb and you can get the benefits from both of them. The same is true of vitamins D and K. You need both of them for treatment of osteoporosis, but they should never be put into a supplementation in the same formula. 
Yeah. And what, you know, to, to make things even more complicated, you know, within the same research, researchers will point out the fact that magnesium will help or can help the absorption of calcium. So, so of course, when, when formulators are putting this together, they see the synergistic effect of how magnesium can help sometimes with the absorption of calcium. So they're like, let's do that. But what they leave out is how calcium blocks the absorption of magnesium. So there's other things like vitamin D, for example, that's synergistic with calcium that can help to absorb calcium. That's the better synergist to pair with calcium, not the magnesium, vice versa, you know, D and K, they're synergists, right? You need D and K both work together to improve your bone mineral density, but not taken at the same time. And so what can becomes very confusing is, you know, how can these synergists be competitors, but they're competitor for receptor site? If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. So if you become like a, uh, a supplement sommelier, you, know, you, you pair <laughs> yeah. foods well, for, with certain vitamins. Or... For six years, we sat with a whiteboard in front of us in our office, a big giant whiteboard with all of the micronutrients on them on one side and the same list of micronutrients on the other side. And we would draw big red lines between the ones that we couldn't have in the same formula. When I, Jason was saying, when I, he first started working with me, I had to literally take every single micronutrient at a different time during the day because we didn't yet understand how they competed with each other. But once we started using this whiteboard, we would draw the lines. And then, you know, one year we thought we had, it It was like three years in and we had the formulation that we thought was perfect. And then all of a sudden a study came out and said, this one competes and there goes the whiteboard and you had to start over again. So we're constantly reformulating even our own micronutrient, um, our multivitamin called nutrients, because there's always studies coming out and we just need to make sure that we have caught all of these competitions by separating into two complete separate doses taken at different times. Well, what about um, foods that people eat? You know, not really highly processed ones, but, you know, natural foods. Does does nature tend to put in competing micronutrients or you yeah, know, does it really- do the opposite? Great no, 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 it's a it's a great question, and it's it's it, so some people will point to that, be like, well, how about food? Well, first and foremost, one of the things I, I always love to things we know but we don't think about. There is no food on the planet that contains all the vitamins and minerals you'll find in a multivitamin. This is a this is a, this is a man made concept of hey let's throw everything that we need every vitamin every mineral together in a one a day multivitamin so food doesn't do that food separates the micronutrients for the most part are there competitive micronutrients sometimes but usually nature we tend to notice that nature uses these competitive micronutrients kind of like brakes on a car for instance cod liver oil it's a good example of uh, high vitamin a and high vitamin d so high vitamin a can be toxic but because it can also contains high amounts of vitamin D, the natural competitor for vitamin A and vitamin A vice versa, a competitor for D. These two kind of cancel out each other and you can take cod liver oil without any real fear of, of an overdose. So that's an example of how nature uses a natural competition kind of to protect you from a, from a toxic overdose. But in general, no, food, basically in its innate wisdom, most of the micronutrients in food, if there is a, a competitive micronutrient, one is much higher than the other. And so you mostly absorb that one. Not like a multivitamin or any of these supplements where people just say, hey, we need all the you know, B vitamins. That's a good example. Almost always you see somebody's taking a B complex. 
just because it says B in front of it doesn't mean all the B's get along. It's like going to a family reunion, you know, lots of people do get along and then Uncle Joe walks in and nobody gets along with. Well, the B's are like that. So vitamin B5 and B7 compete, vitamins B1 and vitamins B2 compete. So taking them in a complex, it, you, you, you tend to create competitions. Whereas if you understand these competitions, you can separate them and be able to absorb everything without having to use mega dose therapies, which is what a lot of these supplement companies kind of, you know, fall back on. Oh, that's really interesting. So what was a, a protocol early on? Like, would you take certain supplements at certain times and others at other times or you know like let's say you had two supplements that had a I don't know, i'll just make it up b1 and b2 in them one was high in b1 the other one was high in b2 would you have to take extra supplements to kind of deliberately change the competitive balance to get absorption no he actually made me take vitamin a 8 a.m vitamin b1 9 a.m vitamin B2, 10 a.m., literally all separated. Because we knew that so many other competitions were likely to be that we just didn't know about yet, we didn't want that to even be a possibility. So we, what we tried to do is literally separate all of them. I had hand felt like it was awful. Two years of 100% completely awful. And meanwhile, as it started to work for me, we didn't yet make a product or have a patent. So as it was working for me and other people started hearing about it, we started putting clients on the protocol. They hated it just as much as I hated it. We had so many people complaining about how do you expect me to take all these things that that's the reason we actually started formulating is because we were like, okay, look, this works. We know there's a, there's something to this and it's not just for bone health. You know, it's the same thing. If you have say high blood pressure, that's a disorder of calcium, magnesium, and potassium, three micronutrients. So if you can get those micronutrients all to enter your body at the right time separated, you can get rid of your high blood pressure. So we started working with people in all different areas and we knew that we really had to formulate and get this product out. So that's why we created it because it's just a nightmare otherwise. So what kind of patterns, you know, I don't want you to give away anything proprietary, but what did you notice when you were studying the interplay of the micronutrients? Are there patterns there? Yeah, there are some patterns. Um, yeah, there's actually four different kinds. Of, I think Mira is referring to four different kinds of competition. Uh, so that, you know, it's not like just at receptor site. You've got like things like, so the four different types of competition are chemical competition, biochemical competition, physiological competition, and clinical competition. So basically a, an example of a chemical competition would be if two micronutrients were put together, let's say in a multi-nutrient formula, like a multivitamin, those two nutrients can combine and they can create an insoluble salt right in that formulation. And that the cool thing about that one is that that's why they make everyone eat their to eat food with their vitamins is because they give you stomach upset. When micronutrients do not give you stomach upset, you don't get stomach upset by eating a food that has the same micronutrients. It's because they form these insoluble salts. So this, by separating them, clearly it just immediately solves that problem for people. So that's why we don't even, we tell people not to eat when they're taking supplements. Right. So an example of this is vitamin B9, folate and zinc. So when they're put into a supplement together, they create this insoluble salt. So it inactivates these micronutrients before you even get a chance to swallow the pill. Then you have things like biochemical competition, where this happens after the ingestion um, uh, has been done. Um, 
you know, he, something, an example of that is copper and zinc taken at the same time. This is a receptor site. So this is, you know, that's the same thing, calcium and magnesium. The, that's the receptor site one. Physiological competitions take place more, you know, one micronutrient kind of causes a decreased utilization of another one. This is when both have been absorbed, but having too much of something in the body. For example, there was a big study done, and we talked about cod liver oil earlier. A lot of proponents of cod liver oil have backed away from it because it is so high in vitamin A, even with the competition of D, that when the vitamin A levels in the body get so high, researchers found that D levels after they've been absorbed even are reduced in the body so that it can, it can create this physiological competition. And then there's what's called clinical competition. And that's something that we've heard a lot about, like, you know, B9 or folate kind of masking the deficiency of B12. Um, one kind of masks a deficiency of another one. So anyway, there's, there's a lot of different types of competitions. There's also the equally um, important and really good second, the, half. The second half of it, which is called synergy. You have just as many synergies, you know, where certain micronutrients when they're paired together can either help enhance absorption or create uh, kind of improve utilization. Yeah. Improve utilization or, or create these, these effects that we didn't, we didn't expect. Like, you know, for example, like B6, B12 and B9 when combined in the body and B2 also usually those B vitamins will can lower homocysteine levels in the body. This is something that, you know, we didn't realize, but now we realize when you put them together, this can lower inflammation causing homocysteine levels. So, but none of the synergies can ever take place if the competitions are not remedied. So you don't get any of those benefits if the, if those micronutrients are in competition still. So you have to eliminate the competitions and then go after we got that board done, we had to look at how many of the synergies we could still help and make take place. I mean, the, the, I think the biggest uh, aha moment for us was once we started to understand these competitions really made a lot of sense. I mean, first of all, I don't know if you've seen like, you know, Forbes magazine, Time magazine, front cover articles. I mean, this is the cover articles, the death of the multivitamin. Don't take it anymore. It doesn't work. But scientists and doctors have been telling the, us all that the multivitamin doesn't work for years. I mean, you could, you know, 20 years ago, you could have gone to your doctor and your doctor probably said, well, you can take it, but you're just going to urinate most of it out. The reason why you urinate most of the typical multivitamin out is because of these antagonisms. This is what they're talking about. This is why Elbion, which is one of the biggest mineral companies in the world, have like a hundred patents on what's called chelated minerals because they know minerals compete. Everybody who knows anything about micronutrient science understands this. But when it comes to supplementation, we don't make the buyer aware of it. We just say, well, it's you know, a lot harder for a farm, for a company like us to create products. You know, most of the, our, you know, our friends and who are also in the health field, they are doing a great job at what they do, but they're creating products that are just being, you know, white label from everybody else's. Nobody wants to make a product that's harder to create or that takes the consumer twice a day to take at different times. You know, it makes it harder. You have to really understand and have a desire to get healthy in order to want better supplementation. But this is a very important thing because once we start to understand that micronutrient deficiencies are at the root of so many of our modern health conditions and diseases, you know, Mira mentioned, you know, hypertension, you know, if you've ever read the DASH diet, which is the number one diet uh, prescribed by all the medical, you know, the allopathic type medicines and even, and even, you know, ho holistic medicine people, this is a diet to help you to reduce hypertension, but it all comes down to being sufficient in three micronutrients, calcium, potassium, and magnesium. 
Um, other, you know, so when we start to think about health conditions and diseases, whether it's heart disease with CoQ10 deficiency or diabetes or, or um, hypertension or stress or cancer or, you know, you name it. Every single one of these diseases has peer-reviewed medical journal studies showing that at its root, at some point, we've got micronutrient deficiencies causing damage. And, you know, when we're all walking around out here deficient in our micronutrients and we scratch our heads when we get our diseases, it's, it helps to start to understand if we can start to create micronutrient sufficiency in our lives, not only can we take things like osteoporosis and hypertension and many others and either stop, stop the damage or reverse them, but we can prevent so many of these diseases. Well, you, all right. You talked about uh, deficiencies being masked. So tell me about that a little bit. What gets masked and how? Example is kind of like folate and B12. If you, you know, if you're deficient in B12, but you have folate, you know, in the body coming in through supplementation, it can mask a B12 deficiency. So meaning that in order to know if you actually, you know, have a a B12 deficiency, you'd have to do some other tests. So a person suffering from anemia, you know, might be like, oh, I'm, you know, or, or another one is, you know, iron and copper. You may it may look like you've got an iron deficiency, but in all reality, because copper is needed for the proper metabolism of iron, oftentimes it's really a copper deficiency. D and boron. I mean, there's yeah, lots of D examples. and boron. A lot of times people cannot, they take 10,000 IUs of vitamin D and they still go to the doctor and they're like, you know what, you're taking 10,000 IU and you're still deficient. It's because boron is needed to convert the inactive you know, form of vitamin D3 to the active form. And so many people are deficient in boron that's the weak link. That's the limiting agent. And so unless we're sufficient in the boron, we'll never get enough vitamin D. So things like this, understanding how micronutrients function, how they work, and how they're converted to biologically active you know, micronutrients in the body goes a long way to then being able to say, oh, wow, I've actually created this micronutrient sufficient state an environment where health can flourish. And it doesn't have to be so complicated. Like I know if you're listening right now and you're like, I was when I didn't, when I got diagnosed, like you know, micronutrients, I have no idea what they're talking about. I've heard a little bit about them. Um, and even if, you know, I didn't realize there was competition, where do I find out more? How do I, we've cut it down and we've made it super simple. So we have something called the ABCs of supplementation and they can go there. We can give you some links later to share with your audience, but on ABCs of supplementation, we go through the A, B, C, and S, which are the four factors, which will tell you whether or not you're supplementing smart. A is absorption. Does your product absorb? We tell you how to find out. B, beneficial quantities and beneficial forms. Is there enough of it in it? Is there too much of it in it? And also, is it the inactive form where unless you've got a great gut health, you're going to be able to switch it over? You need to know the forms that are best to be in, in the product because it's like a Yugo and a, and a Porsche. One is, you know, they're both cars but they're very, very different in how fast they're going to get you there. (laughs) The C is micronutrient competitions and the S is micronutrient synergies. And we go over all of those and actually give you checklists. So you can take any product that you're currently taking, read the back of the label and see where yours is winning and where yours is losing. And if you should keep it or if you should change it and just what you need to know about supplementing smart for your body. Yeah, this is super interesting because this could lead to a whole new area of medicine. You know, I'll give you an example. Like when my wife started taking metformin and I looked it up and it said it depletes B12. Right. And she wasn't feeling good. So I 
got her some B12 supplemented as she felt better. And she was like, why did the doctor tell me that? And I was like, please, oh. you know, and then, um, but so if thyroid someone comes to you in there, no, yeah, thyroid, I, I, said, I, t- I take thyroid medication, for instance, like, oh. what would help me convert better? And, you know, so, right. I mean, most people don't know when they start taking our product and they're like, you know, my doctor didn't tell me anything about my thyroid meds. Well, thyroid meds compete with your calcium, your magnesium. You literally have to take it over four to six hours away from your supplements, or it's either going to make your medication not work, or it's going to make the supplement not work. So there are all these crazy things that why we're not being told these, you might go to the doctor afterwards and be like, Oh my God, I have, you know, osteoporosis because I haven't been absorbing any of my calcium magnesium. Right. And then they're going to say, Oh, well, you shouldn't have taken it near your thyroid meds. Yeah. In fact, you know, (laughs) the rise of so much prescription medication is, you know, people say, why are people so much more micronutrient deficiency deficient than our ancestors or even our grandparents? And really, obviously it comes down to stress and it comes down to toxic load. It comes down to medications. I mean, you know, 40, 50, 60 years ago, people may have been on one medication. Now today it's averaging, you know, five or six medications and each one of these medications deplete micronutrients. So it's, you know, and we go over all of this. I mean, in the book, we even give charts. I mean, pages and pages. I think there's long. like five pages of every type of medication, every the page. names of the medications and which micronutrients they're blocking. Yeah. So it's helpful. It really allows you, like Mir said, it can be overwhelming, but when you take it step by step, now we start to look at this and now, and when we get, when we get people come in, I mean, and they're like, okay, I'm on these medications. We give them the list. You know, this is my lifestyle. This is what I'm eating. We, sh- we reverse engineer that because like Mira said, there's these anti-nutrients. We know which micronutrients, the anti-nutrients deplete or prevent from absorption. And by the time you get kind of this full picture we then compare the, the the theorized deficient micronutrients to what what health <laughs> conditions that they're actually uh, suffering from and their blood work. And oftentimes it's like 80 to 90% right on, even, even compared to the blood work. And it allows them to say, that's why I have this. Because knowing why you have a health condition or disease is better than just sitting around saying, well, I have no idea why. And I don't know what I can do about it. It's empowering. Yeah, yeah definitely. It sounds like you would have had to get, uh, I mean, I know it sounds like science needs a, um, like kind of an AI algorithm or expert system that would take a look at all these micronutrients, look for conflicts, look for synergies and, you know, spit out a whole bunch of different formulations that, that would work or not work. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, once we, I mean, we have published quite a few of, yeah, (laughs) we, you know, we actually were going to create something, uh, a computer program like this, uh, and we still, you know, have it in the works, but it is quite a complicated thing. You know, the way I do it now is I do it old school. You know, somebody says to me, you know, I have this, uh, this supplement or this supplement, I'll look at it and be able to help them to be able to tell you, take this here, take this with that. And and we have, it's called compareyourmulti.com. Um, if you have a supplement or especially a multivitamin and you're like, well, may, is my multivitamin competing? You can go to compareyourmulti.com and enter in. I think we ask, you know, I don't know, 13 to 14 questions about your multivitamin. You have to have it with you, now. maybe more. And then we spit out like, I don't know, a 15, 20 page <laughs> report as to what's good about it and what's bad about it. You know, we're not we're not here trying to you know, you know, downplay anybody else's product. We just want to give you the absolute truth. So, I mean, we, you know, based on the answers you give us, we'll tell you what's good and bad about it. The cool thing is if say you have osteoporosis and you, that means you're polydeficient in your calcium, magnesium, your KD, your boron and a few others, your omega-3s most likely. And then 
we put you on a supplementation program. Look, your osteoporosis is not going to go away overnight, but we are having people in as short as like four months going back and getting their DEXA scan and getting improvements, even at 70 years old and even somebody in a wheelchair. But besides that, what you will do is you're going to wake up in like a week and be like, oh my God, I think I've been sleeping every night or I haven't gotten up to pee in the middle of the night. Or you're going to say, I feel so much more clear headed. I got more energy or look, oh my God, my nails are growing and I don't have big white dots in them because the same micronutrients that we're going to give you for osteoporosis, it's like a big orchestra. They all work together for every single bodily function you have to do every day, all day. You require these. They are essential micronutrients, meaning you must take them in or you don't have them. Your body is not making these things. You need to take them in. So as you're taking these in for whatever health condition you currently have, they're going to be healing and solving and making, you know, just such beautiful icing on this cake of your body. You know what I mean? Like everything will slowly improve. And it's really, really nice to see that along your journey because it gives you that hope, that understanding that you are improving. And then we do a lot of blood tests with our people because, you know, there's always the calculated people that just want to see the science. Well, what about a person's diet, though? I mean, certain people's diets and what they're eating would go counter maybe to what you guys are offering or it, it doesn't matter. It's as long as they're having your supplementation, they can still eat whatever they're eating and it'll improve it. You're exactly right. So in, in the book, uh, you know, we first talked about it in our book, The Micronutrient Miracle, uh, which we go over nine condition specific protocols and teach people how to become micronutrient sufficient. But when it comes to diet, we, we, we kind of coined a term called the Nutrivore. We believe that, you know, one of the things that we did, and we didn't talk about early on, but just I'll just briefly touch on it. One of the things that after mirror reverse for osteoporosis, um, we traveled around the world for seven years living with remote tribes all over the world, you know, from the Amazon to Papua New Guinea and India and China, everywhere, all over the world, trying to talk with some of their elders and trying to, you know, get as much of the nutritional and lifestyle information as we could from these elders before that information was pretty much lost. And one of the things that we, when we came back from that, it's called the Colton Project. People can read more about it on the website if they want to. When we came back from that, we realized that, you know, diet is kind of like a wagon wheel, you know, there is optimal health in the middle and there's all kinds of spokes coming off of that middle of the wheel. And each one of those spokes is a di different dietary philosophy that will get you there. You can, you can create optimal health through veganism. You can create it through keto. You could create it through being a carnivore. You can create it through Mediterranean. You can create it. every one of these diets. It doesn't take a genius to figure out every one of these diets has peer reviewed medical journal studies showing benefits to the diet. Every one of them. It may not be the diet you've chosen for right now there, but the other side of that coin is every single one of these diets has a pitfall and that pitfall is a deficiency in specific micronutrients. Again, these can be found in research studies. I mean, we, we talk about them in the book, like vegans and vegetarians. Everybody knows that, you know, you can't get B12 very well if you're a, a vegan uh, or a vegetarian. Vitamin D is low. Omega-3 is low. Zinc, the gluten-free diet, they are low in the, a lot of the B vitamins and zinc. Paleoprimia, primal, they're low in calcium, chromium, and B12, you know, low fat dieting, they're low in the, in the fat soluble vitamins, like Miro was talking about, A, D, E, and K. So what we talk about with the Nutrivore is, listen, what you want to do with your dietary philosophy is up to you. We support that. We don't want to change that. Our thing is, let's put the horse before the cart this time. 
the horse being micronutrient sufficiency. So if, if you come to me and say, hey, I'm a low-fat dieter or I'm a Mediterranean dieter, then we say, okay, here's your pitfalls. You're going to have high omega-6. You've probably got lots of anti-nutrients. Research shows you're low in these micronutrients. So let's fill the gaps. And then you go on being your Mediterranean dieter by also being micronutrient sufficient. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what food you're eating. If you're sufficient in your micronutrients, you're going to be healthy. If you think that diet is going to provide for you even the minimum level of what you need for micronutrients, that is absolutely, there has never been a, a research study ever, ever been able to be published showing that any diet can provide all the essential micronutrients. In fact, you know, that was the basis of my dissertation. And I eventually published a study called uh, The Prevalence of Micronutrient Deficiency in Popular Diet Plans in the International Journal of Sports Nutrition. And it, it's, it's amazing to look at, even at when I looked at it, I looked at all the different popular diets as high as 1800 calories per day and they were still more than 50% deficient in all the micronutrients. You'd actually Okay, have so to- I'm going to play a game with you real quick, Richard. If you had to guess yeah. what number of calories you had to eat in a single day in the study to become sufficient in all of your micronutrients, what do you think that number is? And these are popular diets. These were like well-known popular diet plans. Oh, if you're eating just according to a certain diet plan. So we looked at well, the... Well, how much food would you have to eat in order to become sufficient in the in your essential micronutrients? We looked at 27 essential micronutrients. How, how many, many calories? You said, you, you said it's, I would say infinite because you say there's nothing you can do to have enough, right? On well, a particular by the time diet. We kinda, when we looked at these diets and we, and we took it out so that each micronutrient met minimum sufficiency. Remember, minimum sufficiency is like minimum wage. It's not necessarily optimal sufficiency, but you're not going to get a disease by it. It came out to around 23,000 calories a day. This is, this is. <laughs> That's why we say there's no actual real diet because no one's ever going to do that, nor yeah. should anyone ever eat 23,000 calories a day. Right. But that's what it actually took. And these are the, these are in the books of many famous dietitians and doctors. And these are the diets they created to help different diseases. And yet, basically, each one of them was proven to leave you heavily deficient in micronutrients. Yeah. Which would further, yeah, you might get a slim waist, but you also might get heart disease. Exactly. I mean, even like the Dak. The DASH diet, which is based on micronutrient therapy for hypertension. Yeah, they help you to create a diet that's sufficient in calcium, magnesium, and, and potassium, but they don't worry about any of the other <laughs> micronutrients. You know, by the time you've eaten enough food to get sufficient in those, you're deficient in 10 others. So are there diets that uh, people shouldn't be on because they'll confound this protocol that you have to help them? No, no, you, no. We let every people diet do any is, single one. I mean, you know, you, you shouldn't be have, on, uh, you know, a junk food yeah. diet, you know, but, you I mean, yeah, but, almost, but almost nothing is so competitive that, uh, that it would not in food. Yeah, yeah, no, we allow people to be on any diet. It's just the awareness. Like if you're going to be vegan, you better know that there's higher levels of anti-nutrients in everything you're eating. Everything you're eating, because it's all vegetables, has a lot of anti-nutrients. So you need to know that so you can be smart about supplementation. If you're, you know, the, the, and, and yeah. And the other thing is the least, if you want to look at the least competitive one or the least offensive, I guess, in terms of competition stuff, is probably the paleo diet because it gets rid of all legumes um, and all wheat and sugar. Those are really the big competitors there. But their problem is that they include so many nuts 
that um, and nuts and seeds, and, and that's a really big problem for them. It, it has high amounts of omega six, which just drives that inflammation through the roof. So you know, each diet has its own pitfalls, and they have their own benefits too. I mean, that's the thing. You know, one of the things that our, our big kind of overarching vision is eventually to try to create, you know, number one, establish micronutrient therapies, and then number two, to try to try to kind of create a unification of diet theory. Right now, you know, a carnivore and a, and a vegan walk into a restaurant and, you know, you could have a fight by the time they leave. You know, this is, this is like a religion for them. And that's great, but we've fractured our dietary philosophies. And in doing so, we've really stopped our ability to be able to, to move forward in the field of dietary science. I mean, because everybody's arguing with one another. Nobody wants to talk about anything. My diet's better than your diet. At the end of the day, who cares what you're eating? If you eat the ultimate goal, there's only one, there's only one universal truth in nutrition. You know, we've got lots of, you know, universal truths in engineering and other parts of science and math, but in nutrition, there's only one. And that is you must be sufficient in your essential micronutrients, or you will get a health condition or disease. That is the only thing that all nutritionists and all medical professionals will agree on in nutrition. Other than that, you've got an argument. And if that is the only universal truth in nutrition at this point, then that we believe is the first spot we should we should start from to unify, you know, these things. Nobody says you can't eat a vegan diet, but what happens five years down the line when you're like, oh my gosh, like so many of our, our colleagues who've written books on veganisms have been leaders of being veganism. And, you know, five years later, they're like, oh, my doctor told me I'm losing my hair. I don't have enough protein. I, I don't feel well. Now I'm a pescatarian. Well, that's fine. Switch to being a pescatarian. But the, the idea of a nutrivore is no matter what you choose, you always create micronutrient sufficiency based on it. And, there, and therefore, you are always on the path towards optimal health. So, okay. Um, so what are some of the resources that you have for people? Is it, uh, do they do a consult with you in some cases and then you evaluate and have them shift their vitamin protocol or is the book a better place to start? Like what are some of the resources for people? Yeah. So, um, micronutrient miracle was our, not the last book, but the one before that micronutrient miracle is more of a, for any health condition, rebuild your bones is the newest book. And that's definitely for people with osteoporosis or other bone conditions, the other way to reach us is the Colton's at coltonnutrition.com. We answer all the questions and that's a great place to start, you know, poking into what we do. Coltonnutrition.com is our website. ABCs of optimal supplementation is a great okay. website. The compareyourmulti.com is a great place to start. Basically, you know, we would start with those. What we do with a lot of clients is they read one of the books. And then they contact us. We then send them to SpectraCell, which is a very uh, specific website. Uh, uh, that on our website, there's a specific area for the SpectraCell test. They go there, they get a test. It does all of their blood work, but it's a very different type of blood work that's showing all their micronutrient levels. And then after they, we get the results back, we sit down and do an hour-long consult with them and put them on a program and check back with them every like three to six months. Yeah, Mira was right. It is ABCs of supplementation.com. Okay, got it. Do you have a certain subset of people that take a whole bunch of vitamins, you know, a whole bunch of supplements? And, and what do you do with them if they're, uh, you know, if they're they having send us know, like the 20 list different supplements we, a day? Yeah, we send them, they send us the list when they go for the consults. 
And then Jason sits down and patiently explains to them after reviewing what the ingredients in every single one, because some people turn in pages. And we literally try to save them a lot of money, a lot of time, and a lot of energy and getting better results by um, limiting and getting rid of the competitions. And uh, I think everyone finds it extremely eye-opening after they do these consults, like, oh my God, I can't believe I was just creating chaos in my body. Yeah, there's a lot of overlapping. So we'll look at all of them. A lot of times, I would say probably about at least a third to half of the supplements they're taking now, we just don't need, you know, while we're getting sufficient. Um, so many of them have overlap. So we'll want to get those out. You know, the you know, nutrients, which is the, the main multivitamin, gives you basically all of the essential vitamins and minerals. And then there's a lot of other supplements that people want to take and herbal supplements and uh, add-ons for special health conditions. And then we'll help them to kind of, you know, fill those in so that they don't create competition. Well, have you been able to formulate a multi that works? Or yeah. Do people still have to take a, a whole bunch of supplements in order to make it? No, no. Now, it now it's just twice a day powder. You just, we do have supplement. We do have capsule too now, but uh, it was originally a powder and we still offer that AM it's powder called, and PM powder. Yeah. It's called nutrients, N-U-T-R-E-I-N-C-E. And it's super easy to take. Literally, if you imagine you'd have to take at least four to six capsules to get the amount of vitamins and minerals, but because we made it originally into a drink packet that you put in water, you don't have to take the huge handful. You just pour it into a glass of water, mix it up, drink it down one in the morning, one at night. We've got four different types of flavor packet boxes. Everyone's going to like one or the other. Uh, and we make a shake twice a day. And we also use the same kind of comp- anti-competition technology on our Omega product because, again, Omega-3s, most people don't know, the EPA and the DHA, the two components in fish oil that make mm-hmm. it beneficial, they compete with each other. So we've gone to a special lab to separate the EPA from the DHA. And we have people take the EPA with their morning nutrients and the DHA with their evening nutrients. Um, so they can get the benefits of both the EPA and the DHA at very high levels. Okay. Yeah, that's well, another. Enjoy a good patent. Yeah, that's <laughs> another. That's another supplement that a lot of people, you know, they say, "Oh, I take a fish oil, or I take a krill, or I take a krill because exactly. it's been shown to be more absorbable than a fish oil." The reason why it's more absorbable is because it contains more EPA than DHA than a fish oil does, which is typically almost a fifty-fifty blend. Uh, when you get more of one or the other, obviously the one that you have more of is going to absorb more. Hence, why krill oil is theoretically more absorbable. But it's the the idea is if you can separate them completely, you can absorb them both at a hundred percent. And they serve very different functions in your body, so it's yeah. important to get both. Gotcha. Okay. Any other insights before we wrap up? <laughs> what's what's the future of your work like? What are the the new stuff that you're working on for the next year or two that people can look out for? Well, you know, I, we, so we have, you know, we've written now four books and a textbook on micronutrient therapy and, and lifestyle medicine. So we have, you know, we've really, you know, we've dug deep into micronutrients. I, you know, I'd like to get back into the macronutrient space. We have uh, some ideas as to kind of a next generation ketogenic uh, diet, something you know quite different. And I'd like to pair what we're doing with micronutrient therapy with the macronutrients now and kind of bring it full circle. Okay. Well, very good. Amira and Jason, thank you for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, much. Richard. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. 
If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.